Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery, which is the place where you can always come to be able to get support, information, and resources if you have the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. My program today is quite fascinating, as you will soon discover. We are always on the lookout for any and all therapies that are natural, that are non-invasive, and that are shown to have positive results, that are shown to be able to give people with Parkinson's relief from their symptoms. Dr. Jacqueline Gisborne, a Ph.D. from Rocky Mountain NeuroAdvantage in Glenwood, Colorado, uses neurofeedback to treat the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. The results that she has been getting have been remarkable. And the other interesting fact that you're going to soon discover from my previously recorded interview with Dr. Gisborne is she finds that everyone she has treated with her neurofeedback approach has had a significant trauma in their life, and that once that trauma is addressed, the symptoms of Parkinson's subside. So now, join me with my fascinating interview with Dr. Jacqueline Gisborne. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is Dr. Jacqueline Gisborne from Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Dr. Gisborne specializes in neurofeedback for chronic conditions, and her specialty is chronic pain. Dr. Gisborne, thanks so much for being with us today. Okay. So tell us more about what you do regarding neurofeedback and how that affects people who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. Well, we do a special protocol here that allows us to reset the brain rather than just train the brain and in the resetting of the beta bands we call it beta reset we see a lot of symptoms alleviated or mitigated to a large extent and we've had several people recently uh, with Parkinson's and we did the beta reset uh, in a compounded um, two-channel setting which is it's kind of hard to explain other than we have four electrodes on the head that just read what's going on in the brain, much like a stethoscope. And then we set up parameters and ask the person as they're watching a video game to just take in the information and their brain quickly figures out how to get this video game to keep going. It's kind of on a toggle switch. If the brain goes outside the parameters of what it's producing, the game stops, oh. and when it's within the parameters, the game will keep going, and they accumulate points and that sort of thing. But what we do that's different is we look at multiple frequency bands that we want the brain to figure out how to produce, because you produce all the frequency bands all of the time. But sometimes specific frequency bands get dysregulated, like if you have trauma, and um, So we're just asking the brain to do what it normally does, produce what it normally produces, but do it in a fashion that provides the ultimate flexibility which we would normally have. And when we do that, what we found was that the Parkinson's symptoms stopped. They stopped having tremors. 
So while they're yeah. sitting there, they've got electrodes uh, in on their head. They're playing a video game. Uh, they stop as they're going through this process. They the yes, the symptoms stopped as they go through the process. And so people who could not drink out of a glass and needed somebody to hold the glass with the straw could lift the glass and drink from it without tremors. And we've seen people who develop their strength again, their sleep patterns come back into a more normal um, pattern. And it seems as though the, the symptoms are pretty well mitigated. But in addition to that, we know from this particular protocol, because it uses, we go up and actually train a, a short time at a gamma range, it creates a harmonic resonance between the brain and down through the brain stem. And a story comes percolating up into their conscious. And they may sit there and say, I don't know why this came up, but this accident happened when I was however old. And it usually is within two years of when symptoms started. And it's very consistent, not only with Parkinson's people, but with people who have other chronic conditions. So what you're saying is you see a connection of trauma with the symptoms of Parkinson's. Yes, it's consistent with a lot of other chronic conditions. Yes. And then we have them work with counselors and psychologists and that to help recontextualize because as their body lets go of it, then we want to help them release the imprinting within the body as well as within their psyche so that rather than suppressing the story, the event, and causing the dysregulation within the body, they can learn to work through that and eliminate the precipitating uh, conditions that throw off their digestive system and their whole body metabolism in the process. So when you say the symptoms have been uh, relieved on people who've used this procedure, does that last a few days, a few weeks, or is it more a uh, permanent kind of relief? How, how does that work exactly? Um, when they, this is, neurofeedback is operant conditioning, which means that you're retraining the brain or at least having the brain go back to doing what it is hardwired to do. And it takes a little bit of time if it's been dysregulated because the more you use a brain or use the body in a certain way, the more we reinforce and enhance certain neural networks, whether it's regulated or dysregulated. So what we're asking the brain to do is go back, reset, and then we want to reinforce it with, with multiple sessions. And as the person is working through with uh, psychological help and spiritual help, then we see them lasting for a long period of time. But they will get relief right away. And within um, a short time, those become more permanent. Uh, the brain becomes more uh, permanent in its, its uh, new pattern. Well, that's amazing. Now, you've talked a lot about trauma, but you haven't said anything about toxins yet. A lot of people talk about how toxins are a factor with Parkinson's. What's the connection between the two? When the body is traumatized, many things become dysregulated, not just the brain. The intestines close down. You stop doing uptake on nutrients. You, your body stops metabolizing properly. Um, your liver, your adrenals, your kidneys all get taxed um, to a greater extent. 
oftentimes you'll see yeast growth coming up in the uh, intestines, and then you get toxins that wouldn't normally be absorbed through the digestive tract. And so at that point, your whole body is very susceptible to toxins, whether they are, come through um, the skin or whether they come through the lungs or whether they come through the digestive tract. You become very vulnerable because as your body then has to start detoxifying, it, it overwhelms the immune system and the normal detox process. And then everything becomes a compounding factor. As hard as a person might try to get rid of the toxins, then it may be because the trauma is what's stopping the toxins from being able to be released. Right, and, and if you're suppressing a memory, if you're suppressing a trauma, even for years, you are still suppressing the whole body, which means that part of the body that is supposed to be detoxing is also going to be part of what's being suppressed. And so it's difficult to get rid of just toxins if you just try to go at this as a fragmented equation. You really need to look at all of the things systemically that need to be restored within the body because part of the, the trauma is imprinted in the body. So how does that work exactly? What is the imprinting of trauma on the body? Well, what we're finding in the literature now and what we're finding in our practice is that they're, they're identifying some new culprits in the chronic pain cycle, and that is that the glia, which are a non-neuron uh, cell, but that help regulate the neurons within the central nervous system, become dysregulated. And in doing that, uh, they create an abnormal firing pattern. And that's part of the imprinting. The other part is that within the synaptic gap between the neuron cells, many of the chemicals aren't fully, there's not a full reuptake. And as a result, you're left with some chemicals within the synaptic gap that work like an early alarm system or will inhibit the process uh, in some cases. So the whole process becomes a dysregulated uh, system. And what we do with the beta reset is we ask the brain to just reset itself. And it has to stop doing the dysregulated activity in order to be successful in the gaming of the beta reset. So you're really asking the brain to drop one process and come on board with another process, which is more in line with, with what is hardwired in our brain to do. Oh, that's quite amazing. So when it comes to symptoms, for example, like freezing or difficulty of picking up a cup to drink, it may be that that's the body's natural defense, defending against trauma. And Absolutely. Those Absolutely. neurons are just not firing because the body is saying, there's trauma out there, I need to freeze because it's the safest thing to do. Absolutely. And, and the other thing is that many of the activities that people have with Parkinson's are unique to that individual, and if we look at the pattern of the tremoring and the other symptoms, you can almost see how that pattern fits with the trauma story that comes up. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. There's a real clear correlation between people who have it and are unable to walk and their trauma story about 
uh, not being able to go forward or having gone forward and having the trauma. Um, and people who have it in their arms and their shoulders or in their neck, uh, in their face, those will be connected with a story that comes out um, having some significance with those body parts. Oh, that's really quite amazing. So as you're working with individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's, they've got these electrodes on their head, they're playing the video oh. game, and all of a sudden, well, I'm having this memory, and then all of a sudden, even the patient is able to connect between the trauma and the symptoms they're having, as they can see it too. Absolutely. And that's when we, we realize that we've gotten to the imprinted process. And we realize also that this is a systemic process and we start helping them work through it and start neutralizing um, and extinguishing some triggers. And that's done uh, kinesthetically as well as psychologically. So in a way, it's undoing the pathways created by the trauma and creating new pathways. Are you doing both of those at the same time? Um, we do some of the meridian uh, stimulation that would, can help uh, extinguish cues, oftentimes while they're still training. As they're starting to tell the story, we want the parasympathetic system to start um, intervening. And so we'll start a meridian tapping process to activate the parasympathetic system. Yes. And that does neutralize and extinguish many triggers and cues. So if I can get a picture of what's really going on, the patient's sitting in a chair, they're playing a video game, they've got these electrodes on their head, uh, there's a staff member, perhaps you as the researcher or other people who are looking at a computer monitor while this is going on. Right. And uh, you're monitoring what's going on, basically, as the person is going through playing this video right. game. Right, and I set up the parameters for what I want the brain to do, and every time I change it, the brain has to rescan and then lock in on it and produce the frequency band. And so the person uh, is not taking any uh, numbing medication. There's no, no, there's no uh, chemicals that are being put in the body. No. This is really a no. non-intrusive kind of an intervention. It, yeah. It's absolutely a painless, non-pharmaceutical, non-invasive process. We are asking the brain to use feedback from the screen and figure out how to make this game work. And in doing that, it stops doing its dysregulated activity. That is so cool. Now, I live in Olympia, Washington. Can I go down to my corner uh, grocery store and be able to get this treatment? Or uh, do I have to go to Colorado Springs and uh, get you, I mean, no. uh, Glenwood Springs to be able to get you to help? We have been developing this over the past three years and only recently realized the, its benefit to the people with Parkinson's. We've been working with uh, mostly chronic pain. And it's a fairly new protocol. We have actually trained about five people around the country uh, to do this, and they're having the same sorts of outcomes that we are. And we hope to um, teach more people in the, this next year how to do this and to make sure that we can do it effectively with the systems, the neurofeedback uh, technology that they may have. And so we're just doing some refining and making sure that uh, we can um, have consistent outcomes and people can have expectations of relief of their symptoms. Well, this is quite amazing. So uh, can you tell folks more about your clinic and where it is and how people contact you? I'm in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. My uh, phone number 
is 970-384-2880. And I work with a network of practitioners who help in the process of helping the individual uh, reintegrate and come back into a, uh, a more normal life. And I'm at 214 8th Street, Glenwood Springs, Colorado, 81601. Is there a website? We are just developing a website. Uh, we have gone through several iterations of it, and it's a very long um, website address right now. But you can email me at Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N, at S is in Sam, V is in Victor, quietly.com. So if you want to repeat that one more time for people. I can. It's Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N, at S as in Sam, B as in Victor, quietly.com. And you mentioned that uh, there are uh, five or so other individuals that you've trained to do this technique, and they're getting similar results. Uh, uh, yeah, do you know off the top of your head where these people practice across the country, what cities or places? Yes. One of them is in uh, Juniper, Florida. Um, his name is Mike Cohen. There is one in the Boston area. Her name is Seaburn Fisher. Um, there's one who's in training in California, and her name is Susie Arnett. There's a fellow in New Hampshire. His name is Ed Jacobs. Uh, are you going to be writing this, uh, these discoveries up and submitting them to one place or another for review? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, I'm writing up the... Um, a case study on neurofibromatosis right now. We'll do the Parkinson's um, write-up um, as soon as I finish the this first one. And then we uh, have another one that will articulate the differences between arthritis and fibromyalgia and the significance of trauma and the development of those conditions also. This really then is a, we're talking about an emerging and actually a very recent discovery about how you can affect the symptoms of Parkinson's using the treatments that you have. Yes. Now, we went to Boston in, in uh, July and actually did a presentation for some people out there. And really, um, they were surprised. They were shocked to see this. And one of the fellows um, actually said we have changed the paradigm for how we treat chronic pain. Ah, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> and so he has a very large trauma center in the Boston area and is very well known. And um, so his name, can I get, I don't know if I can. Oh, well, that. sure, yeah. yeah. But it was Bessel Vandercook. And um, so he was very pleased with it and is actually attempting to introduce neurofeedback in his trauma clinic. Tell us more about your background. How did you get involved in doing this work? Well, I started out uh, with my Ph.D. looking at addiction and aggression. I was told that, uh, how do you asked, how do you fix it? And I said, well, gee, we don't know. And they said, well, if you don't know, you don't get a diploma. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> so I uh, looked at five different types of interventions that had shown some promise. One of them was EEG neurofeedback. And I went and took the training for that and started dealing with some very hardcore cases that came through the court system and had very good success. 
And on one occasion, I had a woman who had heard that I was working with chronic conditions and asked if I could do something for chronic pain, and I said that we could surely try, and this is when I was uh, had been doing neurofeedback for about a year. And I'd gotten the protocol. She said she had fibromyalgia, and I contacted some people and said, what do you do for fibromyalgia? And they said, well, you quiet the body down, much like if you took a muscle relaxant. You want to get the brain and the body to get quiet down so that the pain is alleviated. And I started doing that, and she got worse. And so I thought I'd better back out of that protocol, and she started getting better. And I just continued uh, providing more and more beta stimulation. And in 20 minutes, she was pain-free. She walked out of my office without without her cane, which she'd come to <laughs> And what I then started looking into is what does the body need and what is stiffening about and what is arthritis about. And we started realizing that maybe the body isn't lacking in beta. Maybe it's just dysregulated beta. And so we started developing this protocol based on the pattern that I had done with the woman with fibromyalgia. Now, for her, it lasted about a week. She was pain-free, stiffness-free, 100% mobility uh, for about a week, which was the first time in, in five years. We turned around and did the training again. She got the same type of relief. I started treating two other people with fibromyalgia. They had the same outcomes. And we started looking at it, and I was hearing stories each time but didn't think too much of the stories. But after about six months of working with people who had chronic conditions, I started looking at the stories and seeing a pattern and a consistency, which was a trauma story. In the case of fibromyalgia, the trauma was between, it was in a pre-verbal stage, zero to three. And arthritis, it, it could be at any point in a lifetime. Uh, Parkinson's seems to be somewhere within a two-year span prior to symptoms, the onset of symptoms. And many times that event is a reenactment or re-triggers an earlier trauma. So in a way, the identification of trauma as a primary factor emerged really as you were doing this technique and as people began to say things like, oh, I'm having a memory now. That's and, exactly right. And client after client, you began to realize, well, everybody is having memories of trauma, so it looks like the origin of this must be trauma. Exactly. Well, that's and, science at its best, I want to say. <laughs> and then, and this year then, when they started coming up with the the glia needing to be reset and that it gets dysregulated, likely due to trauma, um, that then was an aha moment for me that said, you know, they're, they're getting it now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not just the neurons. Look, the glia are out there, too, and they play a role as well. They get scrambled, so to speak. Absolutely. Well, the glia facilitate the neuron activity and help to regulate the neurons. So if this one component of the central nervous system, uh, neural pathways throughout the body, is dysregulated, or if you see dysregulation in the brain, you should expect to see it as a systemic process. A lot of people describe feeling scattered, which uh, is uh, probably a mirror image of what's happening there to the glia and the neurons. I would expect so, yes. How oh, interesting. Well, this sounds like revolutionary breakthroughs to me. <laughs> this is quite exciting. 
Now, um, uh, if a person were to contact you, can you? Uh, so, the, are you doing research with all of this, or or are, are you actually seeing private patients to help them with we their pain, or both? Private, or? We actually see private patients um, on an ongoing basis, and we are moving this into a research setting um, later this year, or later uh, in 2010. But we do see private patients um, on an ongoing basis, so it is something that. Um, we do keep as constant anecdotal data coming in from people who just are walk-ins and not pre-selected people who have a pre-selected criteria. But it's consistent across the board with chronic conditions. We had some discussion before I uh, began to initiate the uh, recorded interview. It might be interesting for people to know uh, how we got connected with each other. Well, I was working on an article and doing some work with uh, Parkinson's because I had had a particular client that uh, just because they're having some really remarkable outcomes. And I found your material on the website, um, on several websites actually, and uh, got your contact information and sat down and just gave you a call. So really... Uh I think I, I have to admit you're the first person that I've actually interviewed for the radio program who's actually explicitly be talking about trauma as a primary factor in generating the symptoms of Parkinson's. It, it seems very clear that with the symptoms that you're seeing uh, in Parkinson's, even though there are some individuated um, patterns, that there is a clear... Um, correlation between a trauma or a compounded trauma that then precipitates this body dynamic of Parkinson's. That's amazing. Now, there are uh, some people, of course, who, that will be able to contact you and visit either you or one of the other clinics who are doing this. Do you have any suggestions for people who are, for one reason or another, not able to uh, get in touch and pursue this further for themselves? Is there anything they can do for themselves to help uh, adjust what's going on in their, in their uh, brains and their bodies? Um, we actually do several things. We have them work through getting their digestive tract reestablished with the positive flora, which uh, there are several things that um, the clinicians here do. And we have them do detoxing, and sometimes the detoxing can't be done through a digestive tract, and so they will, we have hot springs here. So they soak in the, in the pool here, or they will go to the vapor caves here and actually have this, comes out through the skin. Um, other people take Epsom salt baths with soda, which is two cups of Epsom salts and a cup of soda, and they will soak in those. But you have to remember that what you're taking out, you have to also put the right things back in. So diet becomes very important. And, and detoxing the digestive tract and getting it established again is critical to the process. And so we really do take a systemic um, approach because this is not a one-size-fits-all and none of the interventions that we um, put together in a package is a one-size-fits-all 
can stand alone. This is a systemic problem, and it has to be dealt with systemically. Oh, I love that <laughs> approach, <laughs> given all the work that I've done. So tell people more about a vapor cave. Are we talking about a machine, or is this an actual physical cave? It's actually a physical cave. Um, in this area, we have hot springs, natural hot springs. And we have a cave uh, here that you can go into, and the hot springs heat the cave and actually uh, bubble through this cave system. And it, uh, it works like a sauna, and uh, but it's a natural sauna, and they just are allowed to sweat through <laughs> and sweat out some of this, actually. And we've had people actually, you'll know, take a tub of cold water, which is clean, normal tap water, and put their feet in it while they're sweating, and there is so much toxin that will come out of their system that it will turn the water milky white. Whoa, that's <laughs> And amazing. so they, they have to dump it several times, and sometimes we'll go through two or three tubs before oh the water stays somewhat clear. Oh, my goodness. So people are sitting on rocks or chairs? No, they're actually sitting on uh, benches. Oh, they have benches. benches in this cave. It's uh, been here for uh, several hundred years that to my knowledge, and prior to that, the Indians used it as a sweat for, like a sweat lodge. Oh, what an amazing thing to do. I want to go. That sounds really interesting. And the pool that's here is 600 feet long and 100 feet wide, and it's heated with mineral water. And they have it sectioned off so that there's a hot pool for just kind of um, enjoying the heat of the hot springs. And the other one is cooled down and, you know, is, is nice for just swimming and relaxing, and, and uh, it's about 96 degrees. The other one's about 102. Oh, it's amazing. So you have a staff of individuals who are multidisciplinary. Uh, well, I actually work with a network of practitioners in the area, each one having their own specialty, and we usually bring together a, a group of people that can all uh, work together and help address the issues of any particular person. So it's a, a multidisciplinary approach, working with each individual. So you literally create a medical team for that person, and right. uh, they go through then their own treatment regimen. And many, and and we actually are using much of the homeopathic process, and their own medical doctor then can be part of the team that then helps to monitor what's going on. Uh, so that they don't have to go into a medical facility uh, so much as just uh, come and do the neurofeedback and they'll work with a nutritionist and they'll work with um, people who do uh, psychological counseling, help in the recontextualizing, and just kind of work it through the body and out. There are many people out there who hold the belief that once you are diagnosed with the symptoms of Parkinson's, you're destined to get worse, that you're going to degenerate, and it's progressive. What's your response to that? I think without intervention, that, that is what you have to look forward to. I think if you just go with one modality, if you just try to work with just meds, I think that that is the reality. But from what we've seen and from... Uh, what we watch here, that's not the case. I think that if you suppress things all your life, you are going to get a continual degenerative process because the body isn't helped to release that. 
So to really review for myself exactly what's happened in your own work, you were not specifically directing your your interventions and your neurofeedback to individuals with Parkinson's. It just happened to be the case. In fact, you were centered on chronic pain, which, of course, is a, a symptom of Parkinson's, but you had attracted some people with Parkinson's, and what you discovered was that this particular intervention was having a, a huge positive influence on the people that you've seen. So almost it was by accident that you've observed all of this. That's true. That's absolutely true. I uh, had truly been looking at fibromyalgia and arthritis and accident-induced pain, which lasts longer than the healing process. And looking at resetting um, the brain's activity to let go of that pain signaling. And it happened that I had a woman uh, with Parkinson's uh, who actually was a friend of a woman that I had treated for chronic pain, who asked me if I could help her with balance and gait and mobility because she was having severe problems with that. And that is one of the areas that I knew the neurofeedback had had some efficacy in. Wow. We, we just did not expect all the other um, outcomes at the same time. So we were uh, pleasantly, pleasantly um, surprised. As will many people, I'm sure. Uh, I have a actual question that may seem a bit strange. We do uh, an event called Jumpstart to Wellness. Uh, it's a couple of days where we introduce people to all sorts of interventions and ways that they can jumpstart their recovery. Uh, is all of your setup uh, movable? Can you actually take it to different places, or do people really have to come to you at the clinic because you know it's a lot of equipment and I can't? No, really it's actually. It's actually very simple. I use a laptop computer and a monitor and electrodes. Oh, so it's possible that you could actually perhaps come to one of the uh, Jumpstart events and uh, work with people. Absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, tell people again um, exactly your phone number, how they can get in touch with you. Okay. My name is Jacqueline Gisburn. I'm in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. My address is 214 8th Street, number 307. My telephone number is area code 970-384-2880. And my email address is Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N, at S as in Sam, B as in Victor, quietly.com. Dr. Jacqueline Gisborne, I want to thank you so much for this exciting story that you've given us today, a story of hope and a story that clearly indicates that uh, there are many things that people can do to be able to get profound relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. I appreciate the opportunity to share it with you. I'm Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You have just heard my previously recorded interview with Dr. Jacqueline Gisborne from the Rocky Mountain Neuro Advantage in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Dr. Gisborne uses neurofeedback to treat the symptoms of Parkinson's. I uh, have observed in my experience as a researcher that researchers oftentimes lock themselves into looking in the wrong places for solutions. It's easy to do because the literature tends to focus on a particular approach. 
In the case of Parkinson's, of course, there are many researchers out there that are looking at the regulation of dopamine as a way to address the symptoms of Parkinson's. Many, many millions and billions of dollars have been spent looking at dopamine. The fascinating story that we hear from Dr. Gisborne is perhaps researchers are looking in the wrong place. Perhaps it has to do with the glia, the glia that regulate the neural activity. They facilitate that neural connections throughout the body. The reality is that the glia may simply be dysregulated, and one of the key answers in addressing Parkinson's is to reset the glia. And, of course, also one of the uh, answers is to be able to address the trauma that is the underlying reason why those glia have been dysregulated. I want to say I think that's a Nobel Prize winning observation and that this has been made by a person who's out there doing the work with real people, experimenting and discovering amazing things. So my thanks to Dr. Gisborne for her incredible interview and for her incredible work. I hope many of you contact her to follow up and get additional information. I also want to report uh, to everyone that you can listen to all of the interviews that are aired on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network at any time. Every interview is archived. You can download these interviews onto your MP3 players, and you can listen to them while you exercise or while you go to and from work. They will always be available. They are always free to you. If you know of individuals that could benefit from listening to the interviews that I air on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network, I do have a service of providing CDs that are mailed out every week of the radio programs in addition to the meditations. You can get more information about that by looking at the Parkinson's Recovery Weekly Reader. Basically, it's uh, CDs that are cut and burned of the previous week's radio programs plus weekly uh, and weekday meditations that I record of the previous week to be able to provide support for individuals on the road to recovery. This has been a banner year, 2009 for Parkinson's recovery. We have made great strides in being able to support and accomplish our mission in providing support and resources to individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. Next week on the radio program, you're going to hear a most amazing interview with Karen, who has had Parkinson's now for a number of years and who has pursued a number of therapies to great advantage. She is doing now beautifully, I might say, and is truly on the road to recovery. Uh, I've known Karen now for about four years now, and when I compare her four years ago to today, the difference is truly remarkable. Her recovery has been notable in all respects. So you're going to be able to hear uh, all of her story about what she has done to be able to make a difference in her life. It's a, an amazing interview. All the programs are aired every week, and next week we'll be back to our usual time at 11 o'clock Pacific time Thursday uh, on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. 
This year at Parkinson's Recovery, I've actually been successful in publishing three books. The most uh, recent uh, was released uh, here at Christmas time, The Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. And in that book, I do have an extensive discussion of the impact that trauma has on the symptoms of Parkinson's and the connection between trauma and toxins that Dr. Gisborne actually discusses in my interview with her. We are truly kindred souls in that we have essentially derive the very same observations working independently. So it's quite exciting for me to be able to do this interview with her that I aired today. You can actually get a print or a paperback version of Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease now. It's also available as a download to your computer. There are two other books that I actually published in 2009. One of them is called Five Steps to Recovery. And as a New Year's Eve treat for everyone, I've actually now uh, been able to be successful in getting that book in print form. It's been out about four or five months, but it's only been available as a download, and the meditations have also been available as a download. Now the book, the print book, is actually available for purchase. Uh, so you can go uh, on to the, the main website. You can get a link there to Five Steps to Recovery, or if you simply type in the website, fivestepstorecovery.com, you'll see the page there where I explain what the book is about. And essentially, it's a great book for New Year's Eve because I'm talking about thought forms and how to transform those thought forms that are no longer serving our best and highest good. So Five Steps to Recovery is really all about how we think and how our thoughts make the difference in whether or not we're well or whether we're ill. So uh, consider the possibility that a New Year's resolution could be to basically transform those thought forms. That's, I know, the work that I've been doing for the entire year, and it's made a huge difference in my health, in my attitude, and uh, my ability to be productive, as you can see from these three books. The final book is Pioneers of Recovery, and that book consists of 14 interviews. Some of them are with individuals who are healthcare practitioners who are doing remarkable things with individuals who have Parkinson's, and the other interviews are with individuals who had the symptoms of Parkinson's who are on the road to recovery and who have found incredible ways to get relief from their symptoms. So the Pioneers of Recovery book is really patterned after the radio program. On the radio program, I interview healthcare professionals who are medical doctors, naturopaths, physical therapists, aromatherapists. I could go down a list of about 40 other specialties, including people like Dr. Gisborne, who does neurofeedback and essentially find out from the experts what they're doing with their individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's to get relief. And I also interview individuals, uh, as I will interview Karen next week, who had the symptoms of Parkinson's. And uh, Karen, for example, will be telling us what she is doing to be able to get incredible relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. So the Pioneers of Recovery book basically is uh, patterned after that template. In other words, we're, we're researching out there, we're scanning the globe, we're finding individuals who are making the difference that makes the difference. And I hope that your New Year's celebration coming up now 
tomorrow night will be spectacular, that you will enjoy your connection with friends and with family, that you will bid farewell to all that has happened to you in the past year, and that you will look forward to all that is to come in the incredible year to come, 2010. Parkinson's Recovery is always here for you. We've got at least uh, 14 or uh, 15 websites that provide information or resources of one kind or another. Uh, I'm always available uh, by email, so you can email me, Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, at parkinsonsrecovery.com. That's all one word. Or you can go on to the Internet, and when you go into the search, simply enter the two words, the first word, Parkinson's, the second word, recovery. And of all of the websites that are listed, ours is the first. So you'll just click on that, and it'll get you to the main portal. We have ways to chat in our chat room. We have ways to be able to track your symptoms so that you'll see uh, the progress that you're making toward recovery or if there are any areas that need particular attention. We've got uh, websites that provide updates on research on a daily basis. Uh, We've got a newsletter that you can always subscribe to if you have not already done so. And in that newsletter, I uh, put out information on a regular basis about what we are finding in our own research here in Olympia, Washington. If anything, the criticism that uh, I have received about that has been that it's uh, it's too much information, but I'm going to continue to put it out there because the reality is every day more and more people are finding that they are getting incredible, and I mean incredible relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. So we are dedicated to be able to convince the universe, everybody out there, that yes, It is possible to be able to get sustained relief from the neurological challenges of Parkinson's, and there are many, many, many ways to do that using many, many different medical specialties. So it's been an exciting year for me to be a founder and a part of Parkinson's Recovery, and we look forward next year to our exciting cruise to Alaska, where we are leaving on seven days from Seattle on May the 4th, Uh, to be able to not only enjoy the wonders of the nature of uh, Alaska, but also to be able to uh, do uh, free workshops on the cruise where we'll be uh, providing some exposure to some of what we've discovered is making a huge difference to be able to help people find great relief from their symptoms. I might also say to all of you out there that I know a number of the individuals personally who have already signed up for the cruise, and you will be meeting with, you will be connecting with an amazing group of individuals who will be able to tell you all the things that they have been doing to be able to get incredible relief from their symptoms. Um, We are combining together a critical mass of individuals who uh, are making a true difference in the world today. And this is Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery. We are all about providing resources, support, and information to individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's and putting out the word that, yes, it is possible to be able to get relief from those symptoms and to feel incredibly better. May your new year be miraculous. And that is what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart 
where all the men are handsome and where all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio program, you are on the road to recovery. Good day.